This is your Olympic hero and former WWE champion, Kurt Angle. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my guys, Clint and Noah. When it comes to covering sports, there is no one better. And believe me, that's true. It's damn true. Gentlemen, you are the top 1%. The elite. Best of the best. You are now listening to the Elite Sports Podcast. Brought to you by Vermeil Wines and powered by GASN Sports. The pinnacle of hard-hitting sports talk. Featuring weekly expert analysis and top-notch interviews. And now, please welcome your hosts, Noah Groniger and Clint Schweitzer. Tim, how in the world are you? <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We got a Kansas shirt on here. I don't know about this. That's <laughs> what? It's flag. Uh, you got your, we finally get to see the, uh, the, the man cave there, the den with all the cool stuff back there. We didn't get to see that yeah. last time. Yeah. How's I it going? Flag from Kansas. Uh, you know, we're going to let it slide just this once. Um, Tim, it's all good. Welcome to the, the elite sports podcast. It's for the first <laughs> time this year, Tim, we got you here. Thanks for joining us. How's everything going? My friend. Good. I'm wearing this in honor of Lance Leipold and the tight end that got his NIL gig with, uh, was that Ruby Tuesdays or who was that with? I think it was Trevor? Applebee's. Was it Applebee's? Apple yeah. yeah. Applebee's. Yeah. That's <laughs> all gloves. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, the, the who sent in the helmet bit that we used to do on the radio show all the time. Leipold sent me uh, Wisconsin whitewater helmets and, you know, the whole bit. Matter of fact, here it is. Ah, there's the Wisconsin Whitewater. Helmet. That's a good helmet. That was a good thing. <laughs> he was. They're the Warhawks, man. They're the Warhawks. I like that. We might have to cancel that name at some point, but uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> we won't. Tim, I know there's not much going on. It's a relatively boring time in the college football season. No coaches moving about and uh, no playoff upheaval. But hey, we are. We're, we'll do this anyway, man. Tim, I don't even know where to start. Things are a little bit crazy. Uh, you know, you got. Uh, Brian Kelly going to LSU. Let's just kind of start there and and break down some of this stuff that you've seen for us here in the, in the last few days. Okay. Well, I, you know, uh, I put out a little tweet a little earlier. It is bat blank crazy out there. What's <laughs> going on. Okay. And you can't blame the coaches because the signing, you know, the early signing date wasn't their idea. I mean, it wasn't. It just happened. And uh, that's what started all this. And, um, you know, I'm, I think LSU made a, you know, I think they made a great 11th hour, uh, you know, adjustment when they didn't get Lincoln Riley and they got a hell of a coach. They got, they got the best big name they could get that was still out there. And he is the most accomplished coach the school's ever hired. I mean, I think you have to go back to Bill Arnsparger uh, in the 80s when he came in, when Bob Broadhead hired him. I was working in Baton Rouge at that time, and he was more of a, you know, a defensive guru in the NFL with, with Don Shula, you know, the, the author of the no-name defense. He had had a failed NFL head coaching opportunity in New York with the Giants, but he was 
up in years at that point. He was very experienced and he came in and replaced Mike Archer and, uh, and took them to, well, actually, excuse me, he hired Mike Archer. He was before Archer. So he came in around, um, gosh, I guess he was the guy that missed Jerry Stovall with him, like 1983, four, somewhere in there. And uh, he didn't leave until he became athletic director of Florida. But I mean, there's no one that's won that many games that LSU's ever hired as a head coach before they they got him. I mean, he's a, he's really accomplished. Uh, well, you know, 60's good. Means he's means he's accomplished a lot of things. He's been through a lot of crisis in his career, and he's gotten through the, through it all. I mean, he built Cincinnati into an undefeated team, ironically. Right, won eleven games, had six quarterbacks that year. Uh, he wound up leaving Cincinnati before the Sugar Bowl that uh, they were in, and took the Notre Dame job. So yep. he missed the bowl game opportunity with an undefeated team back in '09, and uh, and now here he is, twelve years later. We look at this situation, and he's going to be, I think, in a position to win a national championship within a handful of years. He's if he gets Marcus Freeman, the defensive coordinator, to come with him. Uh, then that's an even bigger coup because that's one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. Orgeron wanted to hire him last year, and Freeman was smart enough to say no because he thought the shelf life on Orgeron wasn't very long, and he was right. Took the Notre Dame <laughs> job instead. And so now he, he can come in with the staff to replace Ed O. So uh, I think that was a, a tremendous hire. And uh, I know there are a lot of people out there taking shots at him for leaving Notre Dame while they're so-called in it, you know, with the playoff. I don't really believe that they are, um, you know, mathematically they are, but these are different times, man. I mean, they're different times. Nothing, nothing before post COVID we've ever experienced before in college right. football. Yeah. I mean, since COVID everything post COVID is all new. It's a new landscape. We've got NIL to deal with. We've got realignment underway. And we've got um, the transfer portal jammed up. Okay, jammed up. And um, for a guy like um, for a guy like him, you know, I've known Brian a long time to have a national title. Well, you're not going to get the kind of players that LSU gets at Notre Dame. I mean, that's just a fact. True. That's just an absolute fact. Uh, yeah. The academic requirements are such that's the, that's the reason Holtz left, and um, and that's fine. That's the way Notre Dame wants to govern them themselves, and 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 you know all power to them. I, I think that's wonderful. But uh, uh, business is done differently in the SEC, and <laughs> and they want to hold up crystals at the end of the year. And um, I think this guy has a great chance to finally get you know, the brass ring, which has been what's been looking for. Absolutely. And uh, we've talked about some of these positions. We've got Notre Dame open now because Brian Kelly's at LSU. Oklahoma's open because Lincoln Riley heads over to USC for at least warmer pastures. I don't know if they'll be greener pastures. They are warmer. Uh, we've heard Tim Grunhardt on Twitter. He's campaigning for Dave Doran to come to Notre Dame to be their head coach. We've heard rumors of possibly Josh Heupel leaving Tennessee, going to Oklahoma. What do you make of these two openings at Notre Dame and Oklahoma and who could fit? Well, it really is a, 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 an iffy situation in Oklahoma. I, I think Notre Dame will 
expedite itself pretty quickly. But Oklahoma is a different animal. And the reason why is because they've not had to really hire or go through the process of hiring a coach ever. Okay. I mean, <laughs> uh, long before Stigley Owen uh, was the athletic director. I mean, I can take you all the way back to Fairbanks to Switzer. That was an assistant coach. So Switzer takes over and, and he's there for a long time. Uh, when they hired, um, you know, after him, the, the, the few times that they've hired coaches, it didn't work out. You had uh, Jeff Blake. The, the whole sooner, yeah, well, the, he came after the fiasco with Howard Schnellenberger. You know, Howard Schnellenberger was, you know, the guy they brought in. And uh, that was just a bad fit. And it was really ugly. And, um, and then John Blake was forced to take over. And, you know, honestly, John Blake recruited 70% of the talent that, that Bob Stoops won a national championship with. So Unreal. Blake really, think about it, stockpiled a ton of talent in there. And I don't know that the late John Blake ever did the, the, the credit that he deserved for the job he did. Um, maybe posthumously he's got, but I think a lot of Sooners would tell you that. I beloved in a lot of ways uh, there. Um, you know, John was Switzer with the Cowboys, too, for a period of time. But, uh, you know, Stoops comes in and just basically hands it over to Riley. You know, I mean, Lincoln was like, here you go. I mean, Spencer and I did his – Stoops' last home win was Bedlam with Baker Mayfield at 16. Spencer and I did the game. It was a noon game on championship Saturday. They waited to play it on December 2nd, 3rd, or 4th when all the other title games were being played. But it wasn't a quote-unquote conference championship game, but the two teams were playing for the regular season crown. And, and in those days, that meant, you know, in the uh, grand scheme of things, they were going to be involved in a New Year's Six Bowl, whoever won the game. Oklahoma did, and they wound up going to the Sugar Bowl. But uh, as soon as the game's over, Stoops, he says, I'm out, and Lincoln is going to take over. Yeah. So Castiglione, even though he's been there, a long time as the AD and he's a great, great athletic director. He's not really done this. He's not had to do it. So um, I think that, um, you know, there, there could be a little bit of a tug of war with regard to who should get the job here uh, at Oklahoma, because I know Switzer, <laughs> if you know, Barry, he's like all into this thing, you know, Barry's in there. Well, here's what we need to do now. You know, and, and and I know Stoops, uh, they value Bob's uh, point of view on it. So he's got a feeling. But at the same time, Castiglione's the AD. And he, I'm, I'm sure uh, Joe is chomping at the bit to make his hire, you know. And um, the name I'm hearing the most uh, from Switzer is Leach, which how yeah. wild, right? I don't know. How wild I don't know. Big 12 fit. Oh my God. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, he's a, he, he's the pirate man. He's the pirate. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to think, but, and then, um, Brent Venables. Well, that's the other thing. Brent Venables has come so far since his days there. Yes. Uh, and has been making so much money and has had such success at Clemson. 
for a period there, it looked like he was so happy with Dabo, he never wanted to leave. Uh, but when you say something about uh, hiring a guy that's never been a head coach, remember, Bob Stoops had never been a head coach. Right. Spurrier's yeah. D.C. So uh, it would not be shocking for Oklahoma to hire a guy that's never been a head coach before. Lincoln Riley never been a head coach before. So they they have they have a big comfort zone about bringing in their own and not worrying about the guy's resume. They're they're a little less egocentric than LSU fans. You know, Sooners are a little bit more. Hey man, let's get our guys in there. There are guys. And let's go. You know. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> it is. And the whole I, different mindset. So yeah. I, I think there's going to be healthy debate, Clint, about yeah. which way they're going to go at Oklahoma. I think Notre Dame, you know, if they're smart, really smart, they would hire Freeman to keep him from going to LSU. Because mm. yeah, he's a hot name out there. I think that guy is a flat out star and is ready to be a head coach. But I don't know that Notre Dame can go there. You know, their 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 um, hierarchy is such that well, you know, he's never really been a head coach, so they may not go that route. Particularly with guys like Luke Fickle and Matt Campbell still available, and I think either one of those guys, they probably think is a better fit. I, I'm pretty sure that um, that. Freeman would love coming to LSU because as a defense coordinator there with the kind of talent he gets coach uh, and to be with, you know, with Cali, the comfort being what it is, I think he would really enjoy that. But if Notre Dame offered him the big gig, he'd have to take that. Uh, I just don't think they will. that's, That's what I would do. I would roll the dice and go with him because he's right there. And you're in the middle of a situation where, you might get in the playoff, you know? So because of the circumstances to me, it would make a lot of sense to turn to Freeman for, for now. And, uh, and you wouldn't have to give him as much of a, uh, as much of a lengthy contract. And you might not have to pay him quite as much as you would either Campbell or fickle. I can't imagine Luke fickle taking the job right now with what's mm-hmm. what he's does he feel like he has a better shot at winning at Cincinnati than he does at Notre Dame right now? I mean, well, right now he does. That's for sure. And, and uh, he has to stave this off. And Notre Dame has got to be mindful of, of, of his circumstances. And it sounded today like Jack Swarbrick was, that he was going to keep this on the down low, keep the staff out on the road, and, uh, you know, we'll get back to you. That's sort of the way he's handling it with the media. I don't think Swarbrick was surprised at all that Brian Kelly left. Uh, Brian Kelly got his, I mean, he's going to make 11 plus million a year. That's over twice what he was making at Notre Dame. And when you're 60 years old, you know, padding your wallet a little bit more for the, for the fun time in your life later on, yeah. trust me, uh, at 65, you think in those terms. So uh, I think Swarbrick knew that, that Brian was probably uh, upwardly mobile during all of this and uh, that he might lose him and he did but i think the irish will um i think they'll move more quickly at least privately than oklahoma will oklahoma's in turmoil they had to get over the shock factor yesterday and i think they're still kind of dealing with that now but um the 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 minds and the influences that are there are more than just 
you know, a small search committee. We're talking about some of the most influential people in the game that have taken ownership for some time. I, I think one of the reasons, to be perfectly honest with you, that, that Lincoln wanted to take the job uh, at SC is because no matter what you do, Norman, uh, the, the, the long shadow cast by Barry and by Stoopsy is pretty intense, you know, and uh, he's 38 and hey, baby, I got my plane. I got my houses sold. I got I got a brand new house and my kids and wife can fly wherever they want, whenever they want. I am good to go to L.A. So I understand why he took that job. I mean, I really do. LZ Granderson, formerly of ESPN, now an op-ed columnist for the LA Times and political contributor to ABC News, and Will Leach, founder of the late website Deadspin, a contributing editor at New York Magazine, and the author of How Lucky, bring your soon-to-be favorite podcast, The Long Game with LZ and Leach, to life. The Long Game with LZ and Leach covers the intersection of sports, culture, and politics, from vaccination hesitation to online betting, to all the isms and phobias we've all come to know, sports not only reflect our culture, but drive our culture. New episodes are out every Wednesday, so head to the recount.com or your preferred podcast platform to listen to the most recent episode. Well, uh, Lincoln and I are the same age, so very, not much disparity. You couldn't really tell us any different if you saw us on the street. <laughs> Tim, I know the time is short today. We got to get to uh, your thoughts on the on the playoff. I know I was killing you. I'm I'm going over uh, film and uh, and paperwork on my um, suddenly juicy game between Cal and USC, the, the COVID Bowl uh, <laughs> postponement game that'll be on FS1 at ten o'clock at night well, Saturday. I'm excited about that, and and we suddenly that game suddenly that game got a little juice, you know. It did. It did. Yesterday. And congratulations to Fox, who, as of this year, really took over the mantle as uh, the number one college football destination with uh, the big noon kickoff. Fox defeated uh, the CBS this year as far as college football goes. You're the best in the business. But before we get to that, Tim, I just got to know, have you and Kirk Herbstreet made up yet? That's the real question here. We want to (laughs) know. Well, let's see. What was the uh, impact we had? I'm. I'm trying to remember now which one it was. It was seismic. And I think it, well, it started with Oklahoma and Texas, correct? And I can't remember then what the second round was, but I love you both. Uh, We're closer with you. You've invited us over to your house. So we're going to side with you. You you know, you know, uh, you know, Kirk and I are very, we actually have a lot in common. We both love the game. We both speak in absolutes. And, and, and uh, we both like to mix it up with people on Twitter. You know, come after us. We're going to come after you. You know, we'll be playful. We'll we'll go after it a little bit. Now, the moment you step out of line and and become, you know, a Twitter loon, uh, block your ass. You're gone. See ya. <laughs> That's um, why you block me. <laughs> <laughs> Never. But uh, but but uh, I, I want to say it had something to do with. I was making a statement most recently about um uh about the playoff or, uh, and I made reference to, you won't, you won't hear this on, you won't hear this uh, on the worldwide leader. You're just not going to hear it. And, uh, and I think he took umbrage to that. And I, and I understand it and I respect Kirk. I do. Um, but there's absolutely no doubt. May have had something to do with one of the early uh, Tuesday night shows. The, uh, the, you know, oh, the, the, the playoff rankings, it was, it was, I think the first playoff ranking. 
Right, where Cincinnati was like, you know, way down, way down. Six, maybe, six or seven, something like that. Seven, maybe, yeah. Yeah, even further. And, 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 and I have called it a corrupt process, okay? Many times, yes. Yeah, that's a strong word uh, to them. But I've never said that anyone on the committee is corrupt. I just said the process is. It's flawed. And when a, when a, when a process is set up to gerrymander teams outside the elite group, of four power conference, five power conferences, then it is fundamentally flawed and corrupt. Uh, Gary Barta would goes on the air and just says, you know, amazing things, you know, like, look, put the game aside. All the metrics say Michigan is a lot better than Michigan. Just take the game. What we saw, move it aside. In other words, you know, don't believe your lying eyes. He'll make statements like this that just are incredibly off the planet, just off the charts. And I'm looking at Reese, poor Reese Davis is like, okay, how am I going to follow that up? And, you know, he does the best job that he can, but the things that those guys let slide is just, you know, they, they deserve the purple heart to get through that hour, you know, (laughs) Um, because I'm sure they know if they step out of bounds, you know, the bat phone is ringing and there's a Disney suit on the on the other side. You know, I, mm. it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. And listen, I have nothing but respect for uh, the production people and the, the talent at ESPN. I think they do a marvelous job. I was once one of them. You know, yes. I was I wouldn't be where I am today without uh, having been the original host of Game Day. And, um, you know, we were. <laughs> We were the little engine that could, you know, I feel like we helped build that empire that they have, you know, and, uh, and I know a number of other people that are still there that worked there when I was uh, still there, not many, but some that feel similarly, but you know, times have changed. Generations have changed. And uh, this process now, uh, if, if you let this skate, if you let the college football playoff people continue to get away with this, then shame on us, shame on us. After when I say us, I mean all of the people in television media because we're the ones funneling the money in there. You know, the television industry is funneling the money in there. And if the process is corrupt, then we need to do something about it. And, and you know, people act like, well, you know, Brando works at Fox, you know, some media times, well, of course, of course he says that he works at Fox. Guys, you remember me at CBS. I was saying yeah. the same yeah. thing about the BCS. And by God, when I was working with Beano Cook, I said the same thing because bowl games were being put together in early October. How bogus is that? I mean, it's been effed up, you know, since the beginning of time. Okay. You know, I don't know. Why, I don't know why Alabama doesn't just put the number 30 on the side of their helmet. They can claim that many if they want. No one's going to challenge them, right? No one challenges the elite in college football. We just continue to placate to the elite. And, um, you know, what's happening potentially here with Oklahoma State uh, and Cincinnati, one of those two teams is going to be left out. You know, I fully expect uh, if Oklahoma State does get in, it'll be because they jumped Cincinnati. If Oklahoma State doesn't get in, it's because 
you know, we backed the committee into a corner on Cincinnati and Cincinnati answered the bell and they're just going to, by God, be forced to put them in. And Oklahoma State is sitting out. Why are they sitting out? Because they're not Oklahoma. Because they're not Texas. They're Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. They don't have cachet. So, I mean, you can see this every year that, you know, I can predict to you uh, every year. And, of course, it is going to be better this year because bye-bye Clemson, bye-bye Ohio State. We could be saying bye-bye to Alabama, although I will tell you one of the reasons why you're going to see Alabama either no, no lower than three and probably two is because the committee wants Bama to be ranked as high tonight as they can be. So if they lose a close game, like a field goal at the end, they can still let them in with two losses. Oh, for sure. They have Alabama too. You can get away with dropping them to four. Even if they rematch, have to get rematch Georgia though? And get in with two losses. Even yes, if they have to re- lose a very competitive game to Georgia. Okay. A very competitive game ends on a freak play or a, a field goal. Okay. A walk-off field goal or a walk-off touchdown the way it did when uh, Tonga Bailoa uh, came in and threw that touchdown to beat them years ago. Okay. Um, I think he was a freshman that, uh, that year. He was mm-hmm. true freshman. So, I mean, some, some, some game like that. All right. And I'm telling you, Alabama's in. They are pure playoff privileged. They are. Emma, <laughs> it's okay? real. Playoff privilege is, is real. real. If you don't think it's not real, then just wait and see, uh, you know, the morning after the championship Saturday, man, because they will find a way to get the biggest names in there with the most uh, ratings points out there for the Nielsen's. I mean, that's, that's what they're doing. And until we go to 12, until we expand this thing, that's just the way it's going to be. It is, it is set up to screw over the teams that are like Cincinnati or even teams like Oklahoma state who have traditionally not been blue bloods. Yep. You know, Alabama got in over Oklahoma State in the BCS for a rematch with LSU because they lost a Thursday night game because of the women's basketball team having a plane crash, and they had to play Iowa State on a Thursday. Lost the game. That was enough to keep them out and give Alabama a second opportunity at LSU. That was in the BCS. The game was so bad, okay, 21-0, LSU never got past midfield. Oh, yeah. That, that the, you know. Uh, all the smoke-filled rooms in New Orleans, uh, the conference kitchens. Oh man, we we can't have that happen again. This is embarrassing. This was too obvious. We, oh my God, we should have done that. That's why we got the playoffs. That's why we got you know two more teams. But the setup is even worse. I, the access to the BCS was even better because they use computers. You know, Boise had legitimate opportunities, just missed field goals, or they would have yeah. been in two different times. Unreal. But now with this bogus committee. They can just say, yeah, hey, you know, we like those. They got five stars over there now. They got five-star players over there. Those guys are NFL guys. We, we, what? What? You know, and this bogus FPI crap. What is FPI? Okay. It's metrics that is given by the committee. He buys it and then tells us that Alabama, even though they could have a second loss, as a 59% chance of still getting in the college football playoff. As we speak, 59%. So we just should rename the FBI, the BNI, brand name index. Because that's what the hell it is. 
Okay. Well, Take your uh, metrics, put them in your peace pipe, and smoke on it. With that okay. said, we are welcoming Condoleezza Rice to the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tim, oh my gosh, you're you're so I, I, okay. I was going to cut you loose, but because you're wearing a Kansas shirt, we're going to leave with you with this. You're wearing a Kansas shirt on this show. We're in Missouri here. We're in an SEC state. And so I'm going to ask you, I know you didn't see the Tigers much this year. This is something that doesn't matter. This is off the radar. Our, our listeners will care. You got to talk about Drinkwitz and the Tigers before yeah, we let you go. Know. Tell Drinkwitz, to just send the swag. I can be bought. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'll admit it. I like him, by the way. I like okay. him a lot. Well, I got to get your uh, thoughts before we let you go. You're, we're going to make you do it. That's your penance. Not, not to worry. The East is going to open up because Heifel's leaving. He's going to come to Oklahoma. There we go. Okay, we're getting. We got it settled. SEC is going to open up. In fact, I would just tell you that's the hire uh, for Oklahoma to make. I don't know if they have the. Uh, I don't know if the politics will allow for it. I'm not sure about how uh, Josh and Stoops, you know, that all finished out, you know, between the two of them. Uh, but I think that's the hire to make, fellas. I do. I'm in. Um, the guy I would bring in. I, um, I, I, I mean, I really think that's the guy. But but as for Missouri, yes, you know, look in the SEC, you're going to have some bad years. Here's the reason why Lincoln Riley did not go to the SEC and didn't go to LSU. All right, I don't care who you are. If you just do the math, Missouri falls in this category too because they're they're in the SEC. You know, they got into two SEC titles right away. I was still at CBS when it was happening. Uh, doing those SEC championship games with Spencer. Um, and, but here's, he did the math. In the Southeastern Conference, you're going to take a job there. I don't care if they pay you $8 million to $12 million. Uh, if you're Missouri, uh, you're Georgia, at some point, your fans are going to get pissed because you went, you know, five and seven. Well, I mean, look at the East, now with Tennessee getting better. George is there. Florida is floundering, but they were just in the championship in Mullinsville. Okay. You look around and all these schools, all of them, their fan bases really believe they're supposed to win 10 minimum every yep. year. Florida, win 10 or run his ass out. Georgia, better be in the title game. If you keep losing to Alabama, Kirby, okay, you know that. You got at some point you got to step up. He's feeling it coming into this week. That's one of the reasons why I think Alabama still got a very, very good shot to pull the upset. All the pressure is on Georgia. But if you look at the, the SEC East, okay, other than maybe South Carolina, where their fans have just always been more patient, they just always have been, um, the, you, you can make a lot of money, but don't, don't uh, you know, maybe don't pack some of that stuff that, uh, unpack some of that stuff that you were bringing in because, you may not be there long enough to worry about the stuffed animals for your little kids. You're going to be going someplace else. All right. In the West, uh, Ole Miss, LSU, uh, Auburn, help me out. Um, A&M. Uh, A&M. All those people think they're winning 10 games every year. Minimum. Somebody's got to go five and seven, fellas. Yeah. Somebody's got to go five and seven. Not this now, year because that Vanderbilt – yeah, right. They're still so, not taking advantage of that SEC war chest. Right. If you're looking, <laughs> right, you're looking out to the West and you see USC, one of the proudest brands in the history of the game, and they've been no good 
for quite a while. Uh, and their last championship opportunity was against Texas, you know, more than a decade ago. And you look out there and you go, right, what do I have to navigate here? Oregon is their, is their bell cow? Really? Oregon? Man, oh, man, I am going to be BMOC for a long, long time. That's why he's out in L.A. And who could blame him? Why you got Herm Edwards to contend with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and watch, out, watch out for Mario. Uh, watch out for Mario Cristobal to exit stage left. Yeah. From, with, Good call. With out there, I can see that happening, too. Um, Tim, you've just been more than generous with your time. We can't wait to see you in action because, you know, this is kind of the spillover weekend. We still have some meaningful games, even though it's a championship weekend. We got Army Navy, we got Cal and USC. They're going to make this Jackson thing up with you, with you at the helm. <laughs> yeah, uh, you've already, you're already picking my brain. There's another dart from dart. Uh, <laughs> so, so here'll be the fun part. Okay. We're trying, I don't know. I think Lincoln's going to be there. We're going to try to get it. You know, we're, I, I don't oh. we'll uh, he should be there to survey the team, I would think. I hope so. Uh, but but that's that's our hope. Um, but think about it. All the championship games will be over when we come on the air. All right. Uh, other than Army Navy, we're the last game of the regular season of the 21 season. And once the game gets a little bit out of hand or if it just kind of grinds to a boring standstill, <laughs> Hey, we can just absolutely pick the committee apart. Okay. Sell the game, Tim. Sell the game. Okay. I'll be giving you every conspiracy theory known to man. (laughs) Here's what the committee's going to do, given the fact that Alabama lost by, you know, on a, on a blocked punt return for a touchdown, you know, uh, with two minutes left, kind of a quirky finish. Okay. And I'm here to tell you now, when Alabama, these people don't care. All right. They're arrogant about it. They don't even feel uh-huh. like let's get, these, these committee chairmen are like, you know, well, just forget the game. Okay. All the metrics tell us this, forget the game. And, and the strength of schedule is just, and you know, as great as Cincinnati was, they had a glass ceiling, even though they went undefeated, they really did. And how can you leave? This would be the other one on Oklahoma state. Well, they can go either one of two ways. If they go with Oklahoma State over Cincinnati, it's how can you leave out an 11-1 and one Power 5 champion? We had to jump Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just – or if Oklahoma is left out, uh, Oklahoma State is left out, they can say – and they can say this, all right? Well, Oklahoma did lose at the end uh, – Oklahoma State did lose, you know, earlier in the year to an Iowa State team that really was disappointing oh, wow. and didn't play particularly well that day. And, um, you know, that just was not as impressive a win against Baylor. Baylor was down their quarterback. They were having to play a backup. And we just didn't think that they were. And Alabama just looked so good, even in defeat. Get ready, telling you. That kind of stuff will be coming out of the mouths of them, uh, you know, a little over. Forget tonight. It's next week. All right. Well, Thing about tonight, gerrymandering, prop up Alabama, prop up Michigan, Cincinnati will be four. I think Oklahoma State will be five. I think they ought to be five, but the committee put them at six behind Notre Dame. That can happen. Knowing that Notre Dame can't get another data point 
They can even keep Oklahoma State at six. See, the further down you keep Oklahoma State, the better the chances are that you can qualify while you're leaving them out. Justify it, yeah. Well, well you can justify it. And Alabama, on the other hand, you've got to prop them up so that if they do lose a second game, well, you know, they were just number two last week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there it is, Tim. You are the best. We'll be watching on Saturday night. Uh, you and Spencer, the best team in college football. Thank you so much uh, for, for the time. We, we kept you way too long. We love you. You're the best. We're going to come down uh, back to back down to uh, your neck of the woods, play some golf with you. Maybe this summer we're going to make it happen. And we're going to, we're going to make sure that we, we bring you some balls and you won't lose them. <laughs> bring, bring, bring some Missouri swag. I'll wear I'm going to have Eli. It. We're going to have Eli send you some, buddy. Thank you so much. Yeah, just do that. And, and uh, I'll have some uh, golf balls for you. There you go. Perfect. We love it. <laughs> they won't last long, so buy the cheap ones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tim. Thanks, man. Rock, rock job, boys. They got uh, one. Come on. <laughs> uh, see you, Tim. They bought you. See it's you. always an honor. Take care. Take care.